Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and I welcome you to join me as we turn to Scripture for light and hope in a dark and troubled time. In this time of turmoil and upset, we're going to let God's Word guide us to a place where peace prevails over all. This week we'll begin by hearing what Jesus has to say about peace. We begin with a reading from Matthew. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Matthew 10, 34-36 And again, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. John 14, 27 And finally, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. John twenty nineteen to 23 Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I have spoken the greeting that I just extended to you, grace to you and peace, so many times that it just kind of pops out of my mouth automatically when I begin to preach. My greeting is not insincere, but it has become an unconscious part of my preaching ritual. And you probably don't give it much thought when you hear it either. It's just one of those expected pleasantries, like have a nice day, that we give without thinking. In the Lutheran tradition out of which I come, there are at least two points in the worship service when peace is extended. The first is appropriately called the sharing of the peace. The pastor says, peace be with you. The congregation responds, and also with you. The pastor says, share the sign of the peace with one another. The congregation responds with handshakes and hugs that is, in non-COVID days, and the words, Peace be with you. Peace is also offered at the end of the worship when the pastor says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with mercy and give you, you guessed it, peace. If I didn't know better, I'd think that we Lutherans are a bunch of peaceniks. Well, I've been called worse. So let me say to you now, consciously and sincerely, peace be with you. We are all desperately in need of some peace in our lives. And by peace, I mean what the Jewish word shalom implies, a non-anxious sense of wellness and wholeness, a feeling that everything's going to be all right. Let's talk about how we might find that peace. 
In those scripture readings that I just shared, Jesus seems to be sending us a mixed message. In the first reading, he explicitly says that he did not come to bring peace, but with a sword. And in the context of what he is saying, the sword means division. In the next two passages, however, he leaves his disciples, and by extension those who would follow them, namely us, with peace. And that's why we're throwing the peace word around in the church all the time. Now, the reason for this apparent contradiction is that Jesus is using peace in two different ways. In the first instance, the divisive sword that he talks about, man versus father, daughter versus mother, etc., is the acknowledgement that his message of love and forgiveness is ironically and inevitably going to create conflict in the world. Some will accept his call uh, to unconditionally love their neighbors, but others will not. These are the kinds of conflicts that we're witnessing among us right now. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Jesus as the bringer of peace. The offer of peace that he leaves his disciples with and the kind of peace that we intend to share on Sunday morning is an inner, spiritual peace. It is a peace which is not susceptible to the anxiety-producing conflicts in the world. His peace is a vaccine against worry and conflict. Although it is an inner peace, it can also contribute to peace in our relationships in our world. But authentically deep peace must begin within me and within you. That peace is a condition of the heart and of the soul. How can we find that peace? We find that peace when we know that we are loved unconditionally. We find that peace when we know that we are loved unconditionally by God. The Apostle Paul says in Romans, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God offered the supreme sacrifice for us, the life of his Son, as a sign of his love. This was done with no strings attached. You were loved by God the day you were born. Nothing brings us peace more than feeling loved. I have a friend who has a new baby. And like most new mothers, her Facebook page is flooded with pictures of her angelic little girl. In many of those pictures, little Bella is cradled in mom's arms and Bella is almost always sleeping. Mom sometimes looks like she wishes she could be sleeping too. But the face of that sleeping child is the very embodiment of peace. This child literally does not have a care in the world. She does not have a care in the world because she is loved. And even a baby somehow knows that. Do you want to feel peace? Conjure up a picture of yourself cradled in the arms of your loving God. Well, we also find peace when we love others unconditionally. Let me go back to that Facebook picture of Bella and her mom. The adoring, if tired look on the mother's face is just as peaceful as that of her child. In the act of loving her child, 
the mother also finds peace. In her total infatuation with the child to whom she gave birth, she is drawn away from all of the worries and threats she faces in life. Now true, after Bella has been put to bed and she and her husband start going over all the bills and consider the costs and challenges of raising a child, the worries of everyday life return and the peace is shattered. But in that moment of total absorption, there's peace. The secret then is to create more opportunities to love. Love is a choice. When I choose to put the interest of someone else before my own selfish interests, whether it's my child, my spouse, someone at work, or a person I just met, I'm choosing to love. And I, when I treat them with kindness, gentleman, and gentleness and compassion, I'm choosing to love. And in that act of love, I find a little slice of peace. The good thing about finding peace and being loved by God and in the act of loving is that it's so durable. Paul says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And nothing can stop us from loving others. Nothing can rob us of our inner peace that comes from love. We find peace when we are forgiven. One of the great obstacles to peace is a sense of guilt. We're often carrying around burdens in our hearts of things that we've done that we shouldn't have or things that we should have done that we failed to do. Often we feel guilty over things that may seem trivial. I feel guilty because I stabbed at my wife when she interrupted me while I was focused on a ball game on TV. Or you may feel guilty because it's been two weeks since you visited your mom in the nursing home. If you're a religious person, maybe you feel guilty because you haven't prayed or worshipped lately. And there is no such thing as minor guilt. Guilt is guilt. And guilt is a disruptor of peace. Guilt can also arise over serious sins or even crimes we've committed. Now, only once in my life have I received a deathbed confession. Bob, not his real name, had an untreatable cancer, and I knew that he had little time to live. He was confined to bed at home and asked me to visit him because he wanted to confess something and receive absolution before he died. Unbeknownst to many, Lutherans have a light of, right of confession and forgiveness similar to the Roman Catholic tradition. Well, on that night, Bob confessed to me that he'd murdered a man in Los Angeles years before. He'd returned home to Janesville, where he had been born, and the crime went unsolved. He unfolded a detailed written confession, gave it to me, and asked me to deliver it to the police after he died. He said he wanted his victim's family to have some closure. See, he'd carried a tremendous load of guilt around with him for years. I granted his wishes and pronounced the forgiveness of his sins. And he died later that night. I think and I hope that he died in peace.
Whatever is keeping you awake at night, whatever is weighing on your soul, you can receive forgiveness. That may involve asking another person to forgive you for something that you've done. Maybe you just need to make a phone call to seek reconciliation over a squabble you're having. You may need to seek forgiveness from a priest or a clergy person if it's serious. And many times, confession can be done in the privacy of your own heart. Bottom line, know that God's peace, giving forgiveness, is infinite and always available. You can find peace and forgiveness. We also find peace when we forgive. There are many occasions in life when we feel wrong by another person. Spouses are unfaithful to one another. Someone at work may be spreading lies about us. There are occasions when people take advantage of us in business dealings. You may get mad with a friend or family member who expresses a different political position from you and makes snide comments about you on Facebook. Think back on any day in your life, including today, and you can probably come up with a reason to be mad at somebody. Holding on to offenses that have been committed against you will destroy your inner peace. Hatred and desire, desire for revenge will keep you up at night. And the only cure for our inner turmoil is for us to find it within ourselves to forgive. Otherwise, the desire from revenge will eat us from the inside out. On occasion, someone who is wrong with us will realize what they've done and come and ask us for forgiveness. And that usually makes forgiveness easier. It's amazing the relief that can come through reconciliation and saying the simple words, I forgive you. Probably more often, though, people who have hurt us will not ask for forgiveness, mainly because they don't feel a need for forgiveness. They might not even know they did anything. But it's still possible to forgive those who don't ask for it. Bring your awareness to them and say to yourself, I forgive you. It really is irrelevant whether the forgiveness was deserved or not. It will bring you peace. And you may have to repeat this forgiving ritual many times. Resentments die hard. We also find peace in the promise of eternal life. As I get older, I find that I think more and more about my own death, especially in bed at night before I drift off to sleep. I worry about how my wife and my daughter will handle my loss. And from my own losses, I know how painful that will be. And I also wonder what the next life will be like. And sometimes I confess to having doubts about the reality of heaven and life after death. Faith is a struggle. But in those moments, I find peace in the most beloved words of the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. 
Those words bring me peace, and they take me back to those farewell words that Jesus gave to his disciples. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I sent you. Those words give me peace, and in them I feel sent to share that peace. It is more powerful if you and I can share that peace together. Their pronouncement of peace is stronger in community than when I hear it on my own. And finally, we find peace in the present moment. We can find peace by living in the present. Instead of regretting the past and worrying about the future, we can dwell in the now. When I just stop and feel my breath and look around at the miracle of creation, I'm filled with gratitude. Just being alive, just experiencing the loving presence of the people around me, gives me peace. And that's enough. I'm going to close with the same words that I use every week. But this week, I hope that you can hear them with all the sincerity in which they're offered. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with mercy and give you peace.